Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real, guys. I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> guys, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk value. Let's talk about what matters in the door-to-door industry. Let's talk about what makes people tick. Let's talk to some obviously successful people. But let's also talk to some really good stand-up people. The people that make the door-to-door industry that much better. And with that, I would like to introduce today's guest. All-around stand-up dude. Really good guy. Super positive. And despite circumstances going around him that he cannot control... He continues to thrive in uncomfortable situations. Now, before we get started in the podcast, just a heads up. I like to ask my guests what their favorite songs are. So, before you get freaked out with this next song, just know that it it gets a little intense. And so, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. This is Jake Bennington. guys and gals um today i have the great pleasure of being with jake bennington um jake do you mind giving the people um some info about you tell tell us who you are yeah what is up my people my gang my fam i am jake bennington uh what kind of info that isn't super cliche (laughs) this is the company i work for this is you know xyz Uh, i'm from all over the place i grew up kind of in texas but due to family jobs and things we moved around all over Uh, my family was just recently in chicago for a long time okay now they're back in ohio and my siblings are all spread out but i'm here in utah that's where we're at right now. Yep. We're actually in my office, in my house in Vineyard. Yes, we are. Jake <laughs> has been kind enough to let us use his podcast equipment for this episode. So thank you. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> I'll do a shameless plug. I have equipment because I do a really dumb podcast. This is actually the first time I've ever like announced this because it's a terrible podcast, but it's called Movie Takes with the Jakes. And I have another friend named Jake from high school who lives out here okay. and we talk about movies. So you know, listen to it if you literally have nothing else better in the world to do. But, um, but actually, okay, to the cliche stuff, uh, my bona fides, if you will. So I've worked at Aptiv for, this is year eight or nine, um, which is crazy to think mm-hmm. about. Um, and so I was with Aptiv when they were still Altera. I was in the Altera days. And uh, I think I had two years of Altera. No, okay. three years of Altera before going to Aptiv. Um, I'm a division manager um, at Aptive. I've been a division manager for a little while, three, four years or so. Um, and I work with Kyle Nielsen. He's mm-hmm. been my, my go-to. A lot of people in the industry know who that is. Yep. He's my ride or die. Yep. 100%. Kyle Nielsen is a great dude. He's got a great car too. Yeah, he does. I can't even believe that car. There are cars that are so nice that I'm like, why would I drive that? I ding it and I'm just going to feel, I'm going to be terrified the whole time I'm driving around. So. Seriously, man. 
I'm the exact same way. Yeah. That and I'm a massive dude, so I I don't think I would fit into these super nice cars. <laughs> it is. He he drove uh, he drove me up the canyon with it. What is it? Do do you know what it's? It's an Acura. It's an Acura. It's their supercar. I don't know what it's called. But he got it murdered out, so it's all blacked out. It's pretty sick. But he took me up the uh, the canyon with it, and I, I barely fit in that thing. And I was like, dude, this is... I was terrified the whole time. Yeah. Anyways. Um, that's really... Yeah, I mean, I, I've been doing that for a while, and I love it. Aptiv's been great. And I've seen the industry evolve over mm-hmm. that whole time. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the lame, cliche background, but, you know, of right. the sales portion anyways. Okay, dope. So, guys, I actually met Jake back in 2018 when I did my first summer with Aptiv. I was out in Long Island, and you were in New Jersey at the time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, Jake is a super cool dude. Anytime he came in, we always had fun. <laughs> well, Long Island is pretty easy to have fun in. There's a lot going on. Whether you go downtown, you go down to Manhattan, or you hang out on Long Island, There's it's a very interesting place. Yeah. So that was probably more to do with um, the environment than yeah. me, but yeah, yeah. I met you out there. Um, and cause you're kind of plugged into one of my teams. Yeah. And so I was out in New Jersey, um, being a presence on the team there. Cause I yeah. have my brother and sister out there and stuff. And so, yeah, I go out, I just drive over. It's not that it was like probably an hour and a half, maybe yeah. two hours with traffic and hang out with you guys. So yeah, it was dope. Honestly, that, that team was so much fun. It's, it was a talented team too. Yeah. Yeah. And they went back the next year and did like way better than that year even shoot yeah this this last summer they crushed it they they their pra was 236 i think oh dang something like that anyways but yeah that's where i met you yeah dude that was fun man you with the new yorkers new yorkers yeah yeah bunch of bums out there jabronis it was so much fun and then we had ray out there dude honestly ray is the person that made my summer so much better (laughs) i freaking love that guy Oh man, he will love to hear that. Ray raised another ride or die. He, yeah, you know he joined the exact same year um, as me. I mm-hmm. recruited him originally, um, like deep down, I wanted him to come out, and also my wife's cousin Melissa. But they were doing they were doing a recruiting incentive at the time, which I didn't totally understand. Yeah, that this wouldn't have worked the way I wanted it to. But they said bring two people in and they sign, and you'll get an iPad. And at the time, I was like, you are kidding me yeah oh so i called them like guys you don't have to come out all i need to do is come in and sign this thing and i get an ipad (laughs) and so yeah hilarious because obviously that never would have worked uh they would have taken that back or whatever but um they both ended up coming out and then the rest is history ray you know has been in sales for years with me so yeah yeah he's definitely you know him and kyle are two of my very best friends so i'm glad you enjoyed ray out there he's He's a, he's a fun time, no doubt. Yeah, dude. One of the funniest people I've ever met. So, <laughs> Ray Gonzalez, if you've ever had the pleasure, he will definitely brighten your day, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you, you're with Aptive, and you recently started doing something else as well, right? With Sam Taggart? Yeah, so that was... Um, oh... Okay, so after Door-to-Door Con, not this last year, but the year before, I saw something about the circle mm-hmm. that they do, uh, that Door-to-Door Experts does, and I was really interested in it, but the price tag was so high yeah. um, that I was like, I just can't take that plunge. It's kind of where my mind was at at yeah. the time. So I signed up for the summit, though. Yeah. 
um, paid two grand right there in the moment out in the crowd, um, went and did it online and had plans to go to the summit. Long story short, um, Kyle was meeting up with Sam to talk about door-to-door university and a bunch of really cool things that door-to-door experts does. And I happened to be at the office when that was going down mm-hmm. and Kyle texted me and said, Hey, you know, it'd be cool if you came to this meeting and we met with them together. I said, okay. And then Kyle um, ended up having something happen and was like an hour and a half behind. So it ended up just being Sam and myself for like an hour, hour and a half, just talking about everything. Yeah. And if that hadn't have happened, I'm not sure that I would have gotten involved with door-to-door experts and everything would have unfolded the way that it did. We ended up deciding Kyle, Donnie Mosier, and myself to three-way join the circle. Yeah. Do a big investment, get door-to-door university, stuff like that. And when it came time to go to Mexico, which just so you guys know, the the expert circle is a group of elite, um, a cut above, people very experienced um, within the space, Mm door-to-door. So you get a lot of roofers, solar, alarm, pest, um, a lot of different industries. And people looking for more because what happens in this industry a lot is that you're nurtured pretty consistently for a while. And you have good mentors and, and, and managers. But then you hit a point where it goes away. Like you, you're you the manager now. Yeah. You're the division manager. You're the president or you're the owner. Yeah. And when that happens, you now don't have someone pushing you. Mm-hmm. You don't have someone mentoring you in the same way, mm-hmm. holding you accountable. So a lot of people struggle to break into the next tier of personal progress. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's very self-led. And so people struggle with that. So the... The circle is to bring all these minds together. It's a mastermind group where everyone can influence each other, bounce ideas off each other, you know, a steel sharpens steel sort of, a, sort of a thing and have these experiences to um, bring that back into their life. And so I was all about that. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. And I got involved. I went to Mexico and did a trip with them and it was an incredible experience. And I realized it was something I want to be very involved with. So it was like mid-summer. Um, I saw that Sam was doing consulting. Yeah. And that was something that uh, he had talked to me way back in, in Kyle's office about. And I reached out to him. I just said, hey, man, look. Oh, we're on a coaching call, I think. Mm-hmm. That was part of our package. And so I said on the call, Sam, I really want to be involved with the consulting. And whether it's with you or someone else, like I feel a call to do it. I'm going to yeah. figure it out and do it. But I would love to somehow be involved with you. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, we're growing and, you know, at a certain time maybe. And that's kind of how that ended. We had another coaching call a mm-hmm. month later. I said the same things. And he told me he was about to go out to go visit a client in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I will pay for my flight. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for my hotel. You don't have to pay me to be there. And any of the work that I do while I'm there, I just want to be a fly in the wall and understand what it actually looks like. Okay. So I was willing to like put my money where my mouth was and just be there. And he kind of paused for a second on the phone and he said, you know what, you really want, you want an opportunity? I was like, yes. He's like, okay. Okay. Tuesday, you're coming to South Dakota with me. And I was like, heck freaking yeah. And so, you know, he actually paid for the Airbnb and the flight and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went out there and the rest is history. So it went really well. And from that moment, moving forward, I was brought on as one of the experts from door to door experts. And um, have consulted clients all over the United States since that time. 
Oh, shoot. Yeah, coast to coast, uh, but a lot on the East Coast, a lot in Colorado, um, a lot in North Carolina, um, and some in Florida, and like some of those places, like roofing companies, solar, things like that. And so suddenly I'm traveling everywhere, and I'm learning lots about other industries and products very intimately within the same space. Yeah. You know, I'm there on roofs, like, you know, crawling on roofs, coming up on ladders, and, you know, learning about the industries. And it's been uh, a huge, big ride. But the main thing, I know this is really long-winded, but it, there's like, I don't know how much people know about door-to-door experts and like what's going on, but it is a company that um, Sam Taggart formed with the purpose of uniting the space. Yeah. And if you've been in the industry for a minute, that's something that is always needed. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yes. It gets very competitive. It gets toxic. Very. It gets unnecessarily... Uh, mean honestly you know and it's really it's really it's unnecessary and Mm so door-to-door experts goal is to bring all of these companies together and to have harmony and to complement each other and support each other and that's what door-to-door cons about you know it's a huge sales conference that happens every year with that same intention Mm -hmm. bring them all together let's all learn and make more money in sales and have success together we are so much stronger together than individually so Anyways, I don't know if, you know, that answers it. I hope it does because that was like five minutes. But that's my background getting involved with Sam and door-to-door experts and the circle. And, yeah. Um, it's been amazing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Guys, I've, I've been following Sam for a while. Like there is so much value and so much you can learn from the door-to-door experts. Not just door-to-door con, but I mean, just follow them on Instagram. They have their own separate podcasts and there's something that you can learn from them. Um but there is one thing that I do want to echo in that it is definitely needed in the door-to-door industry. Saying that it's mean, it's a very, it's a huge understatement. It is, it is ruthless. The, yeah. indus- the industry is ruthless and it's cutthroat. Very cutthroat. Um, but it's super good that you guys are doing that because it's definitely needed. Um, so you mentioned about, so you're a divisional manager with Aptiv, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've built teams. You're good at building teams, right? What do you think has been your biggest? Um, I don't know. Like, what what has helped you build these big teams? Hmm. Well, um, are are you asking more like concepts and principles or actual strategies? Let's go concepts and principles. Concepts and principles with recruiting yeah this is funny because people have grown a lot faster than me yeah people have grown a lot bigger than me in shorter time Mm -hmm. you know everyone has a different path to success and defines success differently but at the end of the day numbers don't lie Mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of success but there are other people been tremendously more successful than I have yeah and in less time like I said and part of that is well, I mean, this isn't an excuse. It's just, it is a principle that I live by and I and that I recruit by. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to say a really cheesy line, so bear with me. Okay. But I say it all the time um, to my recruiters and, and things is you need to be, <laughs> you need to be in the industry, but not of the industry. Okay. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? So, you know, not stoop to the level of a lot of the, the stuff that recruiters and salesmen will do. Yeah. Um, and so find a, find a way to operate in the door to door space with integrity and honesty and a moral compass and, and, and all those things. And I have lost many recruits 
because I'm not willing to stoop. Yeah. I'm not willing to throw mud. Yeah. So literally when I recruit and I'm in a meeting and it's, let's say a tug of war between us and another company, no one will ever be able to say that I sat there and crapped on that company. Yeah. That I just tore them apart. Right. Because that, that's what everyone does. It's the easy thing to do Mm -hmm. because you can spin anything the way you want. You can, you can, you know, take the tiniest little things that happen and make it a huge thing that's representative of why that company's terrible on yeah. a, as a whole, you yeah. know, which is, that makes no sense. So I literally try to be industry in the industry, not of the industry. Yeah. And, ho- and I hope that one day I can't even say that anymore because the industry just is a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I tell my people like for me, I would literally rather lose a recruit mm-hmm. because I wasn't willing to play dirty. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to throw mud. I wasn't willing to take cheap shots or misrepresent something mm-hmm. or force someone to sign something right then and there yeah. that then locks them out from another company or something like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. straight up, I have lost recruits. I lost one last week Okay. with, I thought, a ton of potential, but I was not willing to do those things. Yeah. At the end of the day, I need to go to bed and I need to sleep well. Yeah. We'll get into it, but I have a disease and I have other things. I got, I need to get good sleep. <laughs> That's yeah. never been more prevalent in my life. So I have to live my day in a way that I feel good about and that I can rest easy. And some days are easier to do that and some aren't, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I want to look myself in the mirror and say, I make enough money. Okay. And, and most everyone does. I make yeah. enough money to not need to literally just scrape the dirtiest techniques to yeah. to get every single last recruit that comes in front of me. Yeah. I'm okay. I'd rather do things right. Yeah. So that's like the big, the big one first off. Mm-hmm. And some people are going to listen to this and they're going to scoff, kind of smirk and be like, yeah. ah, more for me. You know, yeah. I know if I get in a recruiting battle with Jake that I could probably just stoop a little lower and rookies, unfortunately don't know any better yeah. a lot of the time. And they, they play right into that stuff happens to me all the time yeah and it's okay i can live with that so that's that's a huge one for me dang guys this this is huge because i i hear this a lot right i get a lot of people message me and messaging in like oh what do i do like they legitimately ask for advice because they feel like they're gonna get screwed we're at a point that the industry is changing and for a long time you've been ahead of that curve with the integrity of being able to do things the right way. Just gonna put this out there, guys and gals. If you guys are doing this, it's not gonna last for much longer. The industry is moving in a way to where everybody's gonna find out, right? So if you're doing it, you know, that's fine. Yeah, it's not sustainable. It's it's not. I mean, it's 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 like people. It's like long-lasting success. Right, people who get overnight success normally always lose it because they don't know what to do with it, right? But what you've done is you've built loyalty, which is going to last way longer than overnight. Like, basically screwing people out, especially first-year reps. Yeah, well, you'd hope so. You'd hope so, and I, I do feel like that has been a huge strength of my downline and mm-hmm. you know my division, region, whatever. Um, I just try to tell people literally. When you are tempted to say something bad about another company, just say two things that are good about yours. And I know that sounds really cheesy because, you, you you know, when you're like, oh, you think a negative thought, you know, say three yeah. positive thoughts and the, the lemon, you know, whatever that is, um, which is great. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying in the recruiting sense, it's, it's way um, easier said than done. But I, I even tell people in meetings, I'm like, 
hey, they said this about you, this, and they, man, they hate you over there. They make it seem like you're the worst company. Everyone's going to do that about every single company. Yeah. Um, and so I sit there, I said, okay, well, I'm not going to in turn mm-hmm. do the same and tell you all the things that are objectively bad about that company or mm-hmm. it could be better. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you why we rock. Uh-huh. And I actually use it, and this is, I guess, a, retu- a recruiting technique, but um, I use it as a big shift in the conversation where I usually earn a lot of trust because I say, look, I could do that. There's, there's plenty of that kind of information for every company, but that's not going to make the difference for you. Let's talk about why Aptiv or you know whatever company is, is great, Yeah. right? Because that's not my style. And I'm sorry if you want to like have that kind of a conversation. That's that's not what I'm about. I'll tell you why we rock. And then this is the thing I say. Look, when a company will not talk numbers and they won't talk the meat and potatoes and why yeah. they rock and they go straight to all the bad things about someone else, yeah, that is a red flag. And okay. this is why I tell the recruits. I'm like, that is a red flag for you. When they only go on the attack and they don't say why they're great and they will not talk numbers, yeah, that's a red flag. Why Why aren't they doing that? Let's talk numbers. I'll open this database. Let's go in. You know what I mean? And so usually people are like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I can gain a lot of trust from that. And we start we start a relationship on a really good foot too. But anyways, those are like two big principles, I guess, that help build teams for me and maybe slower than others. So yeah, maybe if I didn't live by some of those principles, I'd have more recruits, mm-hmm. more success. But I feel good about where I'm at. Okay. Well, you're doing really well, right? So when, when I posted on, on my story about people they look up to in the industry and what they would learn from them, right? To no surprise, I knew your name was going to come up. Like really, really That's good a people. surprise for me. <laughs> I'm serious. I was, I was surprised to hear that. So I got your name. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, Jake is dope. I understand why people you know want to learn from him. But what surprised Very me nice. most is how many times your name came up, right? And it was... People from Aptiv, people not from Aptiv, you know, like, all right, well, now I see why, right? Because you are a person of influence, which is important because influence is going to last way longer than whatever team, whatever downline you have, right? That influence and that legacy is more important for me, right? Hmm. Um, which is, that's dope. That's, so, that's really kind of you to say, and it, 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 um, I, I don't, I don't think I'm deserving of that, but... I appreciate you saying it. Here's something that, um, just to build off that, sorry to like mm-hmm. yeah, go jump for in it. here, but <clears throat> you know, if you're living off of yesterday's headlines, then you're going to have a lot of disappointment in your life mm-hmm. and you're going to slow down big time in, in, in your success. And when we won the Aptive Cup, the team versus team tournament, we did it in, um, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it feels like the greatest achievement you can achieve in the door-to-door space and yeah. uh, we beat you know Brigham Lindsay's team in the finals which you know he's a goat as well and yeah and so we were feeling good yeah um but then you know what as time drifts on suddenly you're like uh like no one cares yeah nobody cares or remembers or talks about besides like me and my team yeah um that we won the cup in I think 2015 or whatever it was in Nashville yeah which Nashville, my hearts are with you. Yep. Same. I said hearts. Um, I only have one, but I was speaking, I guess, for Rick as well. <laughs> Our hearts are with you. Um, you know, no one gives a crap. Yeah. And so this is something like Brigham Lindsay. Okay, that's like a, you know, what he did was legend. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it already, people are doing different stuff and, you know, eventually it's going to drift away. Same with Josh, mm-hmm. Josh Zuniga, good buddy. He did 1500 and that's going to stand for, you know, um, and be, be important for a while. But again, it will be a yesterday. Eventually it's yesterday's headline and people don't care about it anymore. So the reason I say this is because if you recruit and you sell to make a headline and you think you're going to achieve something that will just outlast you and you're going to be a legend because of it, that is a lie. I thought, oh, wow, we beat the, you know, Brigham Lindsay and his team was amazing. We beat them. We're legendary. Mm-hmm. This is going to be talked about forever, you know, yeah. with Enaptive. Nope. No one even remembers who won that year. You know, I have conversations with other regionals. They're like, oh, yeah, you did win, huh? You know, I'm like, <laughs> so I don't, you know what I mean? And so um, you might as well go about how you recruit and how you sell with integrity. Yeah. And not, not be willing to, to sell your integrity to get a sale or win a competition or do something because mm-hmm. you think it's going to be worth it. It's not. You're going to know you're going to know how you went about it. That will stick with you longer than you achieving that thing. Yeah. So anyway, just to build on that. This is dope, man. I love this. Jeez, I'm going to go back and take notes as I edit this out later, <laughs> as I edit the, the podcast later. Um, so recently, right, you talked about a, a disease or a sickness, right? Um, recently, you were diagnosed with Crohn's, right? Yes. It's been about a year. Mm-hmm. Dude, how is that, man? It rocks, dude. Yeah. No complaints. I'd recommend it. 10 out of 10. No, it, it blows. It almost killed me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that, but it's been hard. Yeah. It's been definitely probably the hardest thing to happen in my life. Not yeah. probably. It has been, for sure. Mm-hmm. Guys, so when I got all these responses... And I started to really think about it. it. It makes it makes a lot of sense, right? So, Crohn's guys, we're not gonna bore you with what it does and everything. It just sucks. It literally breaks down your body. I'll give um, you a little context so you understand. I mean, it, it's an autoimmune disease. Yeah, people have heard of those. Ulcerative colitis is another mm-hmm. one. Um, my body just attacks itself. My my immune system's flying off the handle. So, I am immunocompromised, which okay. makes me nervous with the. With the Rona that's mm-hmm. going around right now, I'm basically an 80-year-old person. Um, but yeah, you get flare-ups, and um, during those flare-ups, I get awful stomach pain and diarrhea, and I lose tons of weight and stuff like that. So just to give a little context. It's it's not fun. Ten out, zero out of 10 would not recommend. <laughs> no. So once once I started to figure, once I started to really think about it, it all makes sense, right? Recently, I saw, um, I think Sam and a few people from the door-to-door experts posted about it on their story, right? You had to, you were out consulting, right? And you had a flare-up. Like, you were in a very, very, very bad place. And you still put your put your big boy pants on. You went and you did what you said you were going to do. And then you came back and took care of, you know, yourself, right? That, to me, speaks volume. Because everybody, pardon my language, everybody goes through shit during the summer. Everybody goes through crap when they sell. There is no excuse. People always have it worse. It's just what you do with the situation in front of you that speaks volume on who you are. And it makes sense now, dude. It makes sense why everybody wanted to learn from you. It makes sense why people look up to you, right? Because they see, you know, it's not easy. You're going through it. You suffer just like all of us, but you put one foot in front of the other. 
I'm one of those people that gets very uncomfortable yeah. when these comments come at me. Um, I don't really know how to respond to that, but um, I appreciate you saying it, and it's very, very kind. Again, I'm not deserving, but I am very, very grateful for for that. I mean, you're right. Everyone goes through something, and guess what? You are in no... This is going to sound harsh. I don't mean it harshly, but it's just direct phrasing. You are in no way special. Yeah. You're not... Mm-hmm. And my me having Crohn's, guess what, does not make me special. Other people go knock with Crohn's and way worse things and, you know, challenges. So don't don't get caught up in thinking that you have some hall pass and excuses to perform less and to strive less. Um, apply yourself less just because of whatever it is. I don't care what it is. You're not special. <laughs> in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to accept it. And, and here's the thing is, if you do play into that, and uh, people love making excuses over the summer, they're yeah. so creative. Yeah. They're so creative. And I'm not even saying, some people do it intentionally, but other people don't. Your mind will work against you. Something's tough. Your mind is going to set out on the most, you know, subtle, wearing disguise, tricky, you know, inception level. Mm-hmm. Your your mind will, will, will betray you. Yeah. And it will rationalize things in your head and come up with all these excuses and, you know, things like that. So you, you will start to think that, uh, you know what, I have good reason to not knock or knock less or whatever. And again, I'm sorry to say you're not special. You have no hall pass. Yeah. So unless you want to, I guess. But You're just hurting yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Part of that, uh, what I talked with uh, Mackenzie Watts on the first episode was um What's really big for me is processing your emotions. This is what a lot of door-to-door reps can't seem to do because it's a very emotional roller coaster. You have your ups, you have your downs. If you get too high on your ups, your downs are going to be really bad. And that's where these excuses start coming in. That's where these hall passes that you you know, give to yourself start coming in. Um, how, in a sense, have, have you... Well, let's, let's, let's put it this way, right? You have Crohn's, Crohn's, you've had to adapt, right? Um, how, how important or what, what is your, your adapting process? Hmm. I know what it is. It's just, it's complex. It's, it's simple, but there's, there's just a lot. There's a yeah. lot I could say, but, um, um, ultimately, to adapt well I'll give you a little bit of story I don't know if anyone if you've listened to my story at door to door con when I spoke on the main stage I'm sorry I'll repeat a little bit of mm-hmm. it I'll try to give like a truncated version but um, this time last year mm-hmm. I had a really bad flare up and for the past five years before that four or five years I had ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. but I was misdiagnosed the whole time Oh, um, which it has screwed me in a different way. But anyways, I had a really bad flare up, you know, January, February, um, last year, 2019. And it knocked me on my butt. I, it lasted for about four and a half months. Um, I was bedridden for, you know, three straight weeks, uh, of that. I couldn't call. I couldn't text anybody. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't walk down the stairs. I couldn't eat anything. And I weighed about 192 or something like that. And I dropped all the way down to 132 pounds in like four and a half months. Mm-hmm. So I went from glorious dad bod down to 
you know, looking like I was anorexic and yeah. I had a, you know, a polar opposite thing going on. So, um, and it was painful and slow. It was a slow, painful four and a half months. Um, and so because of that, um, you know, I had diarrhea for four and a half months. That's, it's rough, but people, yeah. you know, it's part of the story that's important because, you know, when you have diarrhea 12 times a day for four and a half months, oh gosh, that everything hurts and, and it's just, it wears on you constantly yeah. mentally and emotionally, yeah. you know, and the weight only came off and there was not going the other way. And I'm like, where, like, how low am I going to get? Like, mm-hmm. what's the answer? You know, it just wasn't stopping. And so horrible stomach pain that whole time. So all this happened and I was going to go lead a team in Orange County this last summer. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. Um, but okay. And we went down and I was just starting to do better, but I had a long way to go. I showed up and I started, you know, I I was still emotionally having a really, or mentally, I wasn't in my strongest place. Mm -hmm. I was in a strong place because I got through it. Mm -hmm. I weathered it, you know, but that's different than like kind of thriving through something like that. And, and so I was feeling pretty beat down still and anxious about the summer with, you know, all the responsibility I had. Um, I mean, last year I had over, you know, a hundred reps that I was managing and things around, you know, different teams. And so I, I felt the stress. I knew I needed to get some wins and I needed to start fortifying my mind with positivity and, and good things. So I decided to go to the gym and I went to the gym and, um, I feel like I've told the story a hundred times. So I'm sorry if you've heard it a hundred times, but, um, I went to the gym and I went with my wife who, um, um, anyways, we went together and we, we went, we went in and I said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to lightly just do the bar on mm-hmm. bench just to get warmed up, you know, mm-hmm. kind of see where I'm at and then we'll decide how much to put on. And, um, the most humbling moment of my life took place 10 seconds later when I laid down on the bench and pulled the bar off and dropped it to my chest and couldn't get it back up. And I'm talking just the bar. So 45 pounds. Yeah. I couldn't get it up one time. I failed. I got like a quarter up and dropped it. And I had to, you know, like yell out for my wife. She was like right there and she pulled it off and, um, and we were good. I sat up and I knew I had, I had lost a lot of weight. All my muscle was gone and I knew I was in a really bad spot, but it only occurred to me in that moment really how horrible it was and it was hard. Yeah. And right there in the gym, I cried and I was just like, wow, uh, I don't know how to, I, how do I come back from this? And, you know, 30 people are showing up in like three days to, you know, be trained by me and stuff. And I was like, Oh my heavens. Um, anyways, every single day I went to the gym over the whole summer, including when I went and consulted. So, you know, in hotels and things all over the place. And that was my, my easiest way to be able to, um, fortify my mind was through little consistent habits they don't need to be big monstrous things at first mm-hmm. they can be small little things so there are days i'd go to the gym and literally i walk in and i'd walk out you know or do like one push-up or whatever you know mm-hmm. did i work out yes did i go to the gym i did yeah now how productive was it well that's up for debate but i did it mm-hmm. so mentally i was creating these habits and these little wins and eventually I'd go in and, you know, pick up a dumbbell and do it 10 times and put it down, walk out, you know, stuff like that. So eventually I got to the point where I got so consistent that I was able to put on more weight and do a little bit more and do a little bit more. So over, you know, about seven, eight months, I was 
I got to a point where I was diligent. Mm -hmm. And before this recent flare up, I would go to the gym every morning at 6.30 Mm -hmm. and I'd work out for an hour and a half, two hours. And I mean like get after it. Yeah. Like really have a good workout every time. And, um, and, and it was great. I went, you know, I I couldn't bench the bar before I got all the way up to 250 for my max and I like everything else was looking really good. And then this flare up happened Mm -hmm. and this one was way harder, like way more intense Mm -hmm. and way faster. So where it took me four and a half months to lose all that. When this happened, I was literally right at like 160, 162 but looking good and not mm-hmm. where I was before with dad bought. I was, you know, yeah. failing and looking good. And in three weeks I lost 34 pounds oh and got all the way down smaller than where I was last time. Got down 128 pounds. And, um, that sucked. That sucked big time. So this is like chapter two. If you've heard like my story before, there's a whole new update. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost eight months of diligent, work where I sacrificed getting up, going to bed early, you know, all these different things to have it stripped away from me so fast to the point where I was hospitalized for a week, uh-huh. a full week there. And, um, that was hard. And I, I learned a lot, I learned a lot sitting there in the hospital. I was thinking like, man, I've, I feel like I learned what I needed to learn from this. I yeah. know there's always more to learn. You can learn things at a deeper level. You know, I'm yeah. trying to be positive and stuff, but I'm like, wow, like if this keeps happening, you know, and I can't predict it mm-hmm. and it, my life has to like shut down every time it happens, like it's stressful, you know? And the craziest part is that as I'm in the hospital, my wife is sick. My daughter has a, um, an ear infection and our baby's due in seven days. Oh gosh. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to be here in the hospital. And I wasn't getting better for a while in the hospital. Yeah. And my wife is going to be alone in another hospital having our baby. And it was it was a really tough moment to just, how, how is this going to work out? How are we going to get through this? And I had a realization, a moment of clarity at like 3 a.m. And um, a lot of things came to me in that moment. But... One thing was, okay, I know what I needed to learn from this as far as like treating my body well mm-hmm. and working out. I cannot be attached to results. Meaning, when, when you go to the gym or other people go to the gym, you know, if you're listening to this, why do you go? You go because I'm sure you want to look good. You want to feel good. Sure. But how do you keep going? Well, you're motivated by results, mm-hmm. right? You want to bench more, squat more. You want to run more miles. You want to run miles faster. You know, all these kinds of things. And that's great. You know, if it gets you there and gets you working hard, awesome. But for me, I was like, (laughs) if I can't control this and I go back to square one every single time, I can't, I can't, that's not sustainable mentally to be Mm -hmm. attached to results. So maybe that works for other people and that's awesome. Moving forward, that it's not in the cards for me. Yeah. It's not sustainable. So I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Um, There's a higher principle here. Mm -hmm. And the higher principle is work out and eat well and do those things because it's honoring your body. Yeah. It's honoring your health. And because you'll have more years on earth with the people you love. Mm -hmm. And those years that you have will be better quality. 
Yeah. You'll be able to go on hikes and walks and, you know, things and participate with your family. Yeah. And so if the driving factor is literally the highest principle of it's the right thing to do and to, for the people I love and it doesn't matter how fast I'm running a mile or whatever's happening in the gym. The fact that I'm there working hard is solely by that motivation. That motivation is enough. Yeah. And I'm getting after it. Okay. I can do that forever. Yeah. That's sustainable. You know, that's good motivation. That will never fail me. Even if, you know, this happens again, I can still tap and plug right back into that. And that's the funny part is that's where you lead from. And if you're leading from there, the results are going to be there anyhow. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to get more weight, you know, on the bar. You're going to run faster. You're going to do all those things anyways. Mm -hmm. But if mentally you're leading from the space of what I just talked about, that's a higher principle. And I realized I needed to get on board with that moving forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. I articulate that. Okay. Cause no, yeah, that, that makes, makes a lot of my sense. Head. Yeah. It, it, basically the way I'm taking it is just focus on the actions, right? Just take those little wins. However small those wins may be, that's just what we need to do. And it lines up perfectly because we're at a point right now where, you know, summer's around the corner. We got maybe a month and a half, you know, before people start going out. Yeah. Right? We we talked about this before the podcast started. I'm kind of bummed we didn't record it, but you, my bad. <laughs> it's it's all good. We just got lost in conversation. Um, but you said it. You you can't just flip the switch. You you can't just flip the switch and say I'm gonna go out and clear six figures this summer. I'm gonna go out and do this right. Come May first or your start date. You can't just show up to whatever market you're selling in and just expect to do that. Well, it, it, yes, we did talk about that, and that we can talk about that again. Yeah. It, you, you don't look if you have your commitment and your work ethic. If you have your mentality time stamped, yeah, right. Yeah. Meaning, I'm going to tap into this mentality, this work ethic, you know, this way of life. I have it time stamped for May first. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm in school right now, and I got a lot of homework. I have this girl, this guy. I have all these things competing for my time, and I'm just, you know, dealing with that. Look, yeah. everyone is the exact same way, and I get that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say those things aren't, you know, time suckers and, and difficult. I'm just saying you are kidding yourself if you're saying come May first, I'm, I'm going to start doing hard things. Yeah. Oh, but don't worry, don't worry. Come May first when I'm out there, whenever you get out there. I'm going to just turn it up. I'm going to lock in. I'm going to flip this switch, right? Yeah. And I'm going to just dominate all summer. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped to get dialed in. You are. You already set yourself up for failure. Yeah. Because you you cannot go from zero to hundred. One out of you know a trillion people can do that. They're outliers, you know. But that's not that's not you. If you're listening to this, I can almost guarantee that it's not you. And you've seen how hard it is to go from not being disciplined. Mm-hmm. And then to like just expect that of yourself and yeah. try to summon that from yourself at the beginning of the summer, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. So this is what I tell my reps is if you want to do hard things later, you need to do hard things now. Yeah. You need momentum. You need that mentality now. Don't just think, oh, I ordered it on Amazon and it's here, but I'm not going to open it till May 1st. Yeah. But I know what's in it. No. <laughs> nope. You need to go ahead and sit here and say, okay, what kind of things today make me uncomfortable, push me, ask a lot of me, where I know I'm applying myself? What things are hard today that I can do? Yeah. And then you'll you'll already be tapped into that and you'll be accomplishing. You'll already be in that flow, mm-hmm. right? And so come summer, it's not this, you don't feel this gigantic contrast 
where it kind of whips your butt and then suddenly you give up on half your goals. Yeah. And you renegotiate your goals with yourself, right? Yeah. So. Renegotiate. I remember that's actually one of the things we talked about in Long Island. That was one of the bigger, bigger lessons that I learned is not renegotiating. When I first heard it, I'm like, Dude, what the heck? I've been selling for like four or five years and I've never heard it explained that way. For me, it was a game changer. So just focus on the actions right now, guys. Just focus on getting those little wins. Shit's going to happen. When it rains, it pours. Just make sure you're ready for it. By, yeah. By having the little wins now because, I mean, if not, it's going gonna, it's gonna to knock you on your butt. And it's going to be very hard to recover. And then you're going to renegotiate your goals. And at the end of summer, whenever you're done, you're going to look back and think, I wish I could have done more. I wish I wouldn't have settled for less. Yeah. The, the renegotiating issue is a very interesting one. Yeah. And we all renegotiate all day long. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to train for a marathon now. It's April 18th. Yeah. Um, in Salt Lake. And I just got out of the hospital, you know, three weeks or whatever. And I just got, I just got cleared for uh, exercise last week. So I, I have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who actually don't think I can do it, which fires me the heck up. But, um, so thank you. And please tell me as much as you can if you don't think I can do it. <laughs> um, but but uh, with that, um, I've had to run, obviously. And running is so hard for me right now. Yeah. And I'm a good runner, usually. Mm-hmm. I ran a lot of track growing up. I've always just, running's been very easy. But, well, I mean, easier comparatively. It's so hard right now. It takes everything I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this, listen. Let's, is it okay if we deep dive on yeah, this for a second for on, on, on the it. principle let's, of let's do it. renegotiating? Um, I hope if you're an experienced rep that you really listen. Yeah. Because I, I have something good to say on this. And then if you're a rookie that you you don't take this for granted and think this will not be you. This yeah. will be you. Okay. All right. So when you work out, you have bench press, squats, you know, dumbbells, barbells. There's a lot of things you do and you use. But, and those things suck when you're doing them, they hurt, you feel a burn and whatever, but you know in four or five or three reps, you're going to finish your set and you get a reprieve, you get to rest, you know, it's coming and it's soon. It's like, like seconds away. Okay. So you, you know, it's hard, but you're filled with all these little breaks. Now, when you run, there's a huge difference Mm -hmm. mentally, especially when it's on a treadmill. Yeah. Okay. But when you run, when you run in general, it is a, it is a mental, it is mental warfare mm-hmm. the whole time. Yep. Because it is not like lifting weights where you have breaks. That treadmill will literally keep going for forever until that thing breaks down 20 years later. Right. Yep. So you hop on the treadmill and you say, I'm going to run four miles. I'm going to run two miles. Right. So you start, you set your goal, whatever, type it in and you go. You set a commitment. You committed to two miles, let's say. Mm-hmm. But for two miles, your mind is going to throw every reason under the sun why you probably just shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the first half mile, you're feeling okay. It's just not even on your mind. But eventually, your survival instinct kicks in and says, hey, this actually sucks. Hey, whoa, hello, Jake. Jake, this blows. Yeah. Jake, Jake. You know, and it's like, it gets louder and mm-hmm. louder and it starts just throwing so many things at you. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, 
maybe we don't run two miles. Maybe we run one mile today. Let's ease into this. Mm-hmm. Look, we don't want to. We don't want to. You know, overdo this too yeah. soon. Let's just take it slow. Or hey, oh, you got that thing later. You don't want to be too tired from it. Let's just do a mile, you know, because you got that date and you want to show up and you want to freaking throw down, right? Yeah. So, you know what? Let's just do a mile. <laughs> oh, freak. I have breakfast and I, you know, I don't know if I have enough time to do. Oh, I don't know if I have enough time for two miles, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, endlessly. There are so many things that come up. Oh, hey, Jake, 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 Jake. Listen, I, hey, can you hear me? Jake, can you hear me? Do you feel your knee right there? That kind of hurts, dude. That's hurting me. This, this is what happened today, literally. Mm-hmm. Hey, ooh, uh, I know we are committed to X miles, but you know we don't want to mess this up. We don't want to go too hard and then not be able to run more miles tomorrow. Hey, yeah. okay, you do feel that though, right? You, you're with me. You know, like your voice is like literally a you. Yeah, and it's communicating with you, and so you're you're tempted to renegotiate for very creative reasons. They're all bullshits because mm-hmm. suddenly they're only there when you feel pain, and that's a survival instinct in you. It wants you to not feel any more pain. But like David Goggins talks about, eventually, if you tell it to shut up enough, it does go away. Yeah. But you have to, you know, that's a whole practice within the self. We'll talk about it another time. So when I'm talking about renegotiating, this morning, um, I was like, oh, man, because I'm reading this thing that says if you're, you know, five weeks out from a marathon with, like, no training, <laughs> this is what you have to do. And I'm like, it took everything I had to run a mile, like, five days ago. I almost passed out. So I'm like, it's like, you need to be running six miles now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, I need to do six. I did four yesterday or the day before and it killed my soul. But it's like, I need to do six today. So, um, you think as you're walking up to a treadmill, you're like, ah, if you, if this is you at all, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. You are screwed if this is you. Uh, let's kind of just see how I feel. You're screwed. You're going to do 20% of what you could have done that day. Yeah, or you show up and you say, you know what? Um, I'm gonna do two if I'm feeling good. Maybe three. Uh, yeah, or I'm gonna do four, but like I'd be pleased with two. Yeah. If you're saying any of these things, you're screwed. You're only gonna do a fraction of what you could have done mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. So when you walk up to a treadmill, you need to actually say, no, um, I'm doing four. That's non-negotiable. Yeah. I'm doing four miles. No, if, and, or, buts will get me off before four miles happen and yeah. I'm not going to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you set whatever terms you want, just make sure you're committed to them. Because for me, a big one is, you know, if I set a, a certain speed, I will not lower the speed. No matter if it kills me. And I've literally almost fainted on the treadmill before because of this. But to me, it's like I respect my commitment and the decision I made so much that I just say to myself, when I'm dying on the treadmill, I'm like, well, you're an idiot. Don't set it at that speed then. When you run the next time, do it a little bit slower and you'll feel better. But guess what? You committed to that. You're going to do that now. Sorry. And that's like what I tell myself. So whenever you show up and you get on the treadmill, you need to be committed to whatever terms you're setting and whatever distance it is. Yeah. So I showed up today. Knowing I needed to do six. And I'm on the drive over already mentally fortifying my mind. Yeah. Six, six, six. I'm doing six. And I knew deep down I'd be pleased with four. Yeah. But I was like, no, six. I'm going to be pleased with six. Mm-hmm. So I get there and I'm, I'm committed. There's no like, oh, you know, we'll see. No, I'm committed. I get on there and about a mile and a half in, I'm feeling un- like surprisingly okay. 
And I was like, you know what? Eight. But here's the thing. For the next two miles, I battled with it. Mm-hmm. Was I really committed, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, eight? Yeah, yeah, eight. Then I'm going to go through a, a part where I hurt or I'm really tired. I'm like, no, six, 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 six. Yeah, 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 okay. I don't know what to say. We're doing six. I'm going to feel good with six. No, eight. Eight. Yeah. And eventually I was like, enough of this. Because those two miles were the two hardest miles of the whole run. Yeah. The whole run did not, I didn't, I didn't feel more tired. Like, uh, things hurt the most. And eventually I was like, okay, it's eight. I don't care if I die. It's eight. Yeah. No looking back. And then the two miles after that were the, were the easiest. So your mind has incredible power to change your perspective in real time mm-hmm. based on your commitment. Right. Cause suddenly when I said the, you know, the mile out further and committed to it, my run just, it got easier, got smoother because I was committed and settled into it. Yeah. It's that debate, that renegotiating piece that destroys you. So when you show up to the summer, you know, set the terms before you get on the treadmill of the summer, set your terms, be specific. Don't be vague. Vagueness means you'll fail. Mm -hmm. Be specific. And here's the thing too, though, do not, don't get overzealous. You need to make smart goals. I want people to be ambitious and shoot for big things, but I want them to set good terms that they can walk the walk and not just talk the talk, right? Yeah. And then you get on that treadmill and you do not renegotiate. Because this summer, I've seen people's parents pass away. I've seen um, suicide happen. Not like on the team, just like, yeah. you know... Um, you know, in families, you know, suicide happens, you get your leg messed up. I mean, Sam Tiger broke his freaking foot or leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the summer that he did 500 alarms. Yeah. Do you think he had permission? Would you say if you're in his shoes that you would have renegotiated? I would have. <laughs> I think 95% of people would. That's one of the great things about Sam is that he chose it as a, as a catalyst to be uncommon among the uncommon. And he went and still did, rode around on a scooter back when no one was doing that and did 500 alarms and did not renegotiate. So just because hard stuff, don't, don't think if something hard happens. No, something hard is going to rock you this summer. Maybe myriad things. Several things are coming your way. Something's going to happen in your family. Something's going to happen in your relationship. Yeah. Something's going to happen with your health. Something's going to happen in every equity of your life and just already accept and be on board with that and know you're not going to change the speed yeah otherwise if you're like well then i need to commit to less commit to less yeah it is so much more important to commit to less and follow through than shoot for the moon not even or shoot for the stars not even hit the moon and like fumble into nothing because this job is it's not really a shoot for the stars land on the moon thing as much as we want to fantasize and say it is Mm mm-hmm you can get broken so quick in this job where you're like, oh, I'm doing 10 a day and suddenly you're doing one and then you quit. Yeah. It's too mentally tough. So set your terms and don't change the speed. Oh, man. Don't don't renegotiate, you dudes. Don't do it. And gals. And gals. Gals, do not renegotiate. Oh, man. Ooh. How do we follow up with that? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that was that was fire. So, um, guys and gals, just don't renegotiate. You're gonna do yourself a service, right? Um, just just do it for yourself. That's really what it's all about. 
Um, by not renegotiating, you become closer and closer to the person you want to become, right? And that's something that you know you have a lot of some experience with, right, Jake? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, otherwise you don't ever get anywhere. Yeah, you know, if you're if it becomes a habit to renegotiate, like you fold pretty easy, then that's a habit that's becoming part of you, unfortunately. So I actually think David Goggins has found the right, the, the best way to, to talk about this when he talks about callousing your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know who David Goggins is, he's an ex-Navy SEAL and he has a book out called Can't Hurt Me. It's absolutely incredible. Check it out. Um, he swears a lot, FYI, but it's it's incredible, totally worth it. But he talks about how, well, let's go back to the gym. Like when you go to the gym, um, when you first start working out, not only is it hard to do because it's a lot of weight or whatever from what you're used to, but you your hands hurt from holding the bar, from holding whatever it is. You, you, you start to develop little calluses over time. And so eventually you're doing like 20,000 you know, times what you were weight-wise, so it's a lot heavier, but your hands don't even hurt at all now. Yeah. And it's because you've built up these crazy calluses on your hands to be able to support more weight yeah. and handle it. Yeah. So he talks about how your mind is like that, right? And how whenever there's something difficult, you you don't have a choice to callous your mind or not. That's the clear distinction I think uh, he can make even a little clearer. But you don't have a choice to say, okay, I'm going to do this thing for the sake of callousing my mind. You either callous your mind for something as he says or against something meaning okay here comes a hard thing i'm gonna do it a little bit ah but it got too hard i'm gonna renegotiate i'm not gonna do it yeah you just calloused your mind against hard things right so you're developing a callus to feel the sting and the guilt less from chickening out yeah from from being a pansy or throwing the towel in um surrendering yeah. So it becomes easier and easier for you to do that. Yeah. And it becomes easier for you to do it with bigger and more important things. That's the heavier weight, mm-hmm. right? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So literally it could be you failing your marriage somehow. Yeah. Right? If there was a temptation and you had an affair or whatever, I don't know. And you're going to feel that so much less because you've calloused your mind against doing hard things and doing the right thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a weird example to use, but I hope you understand. Like I'm just saying, you can callous your mind for or against. So if you callous it for, every time something hard happens and you're tempted to renegotiate and you choose to endure, you choose to persevere, then you're creating that habit and it's becoming part of your identity. I don't fold. Something happens, I know that I will persevere. Yeah. Treadmill, life friends, summer sales. So you don't, you, you, you can't sit here and think you have the option. You don't have that luxury. You're either yeah. callousing your mind for or against something. And uh, anyways, again, hopefully that was articulated okay. But Goggins, I think, found the best way to talk about that. Yeah. And, you know, what the ramifications of renegotiating, both good and bad. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Oh, man. Guys, go back and listen to that and think of, think about how it applies to you, right? Um when the hard stuff happens in your life, what do you do? If you go back and you really think about it, you do that consistently every single time. It doesn't mean that that's the person you have to be for the rest of your life because that just compounds and becomes worse. So if you think it's bad now, it's only getting started. 
right? There's nothing going on in your life, nothing going on, you know, with who you are, how you perform in this job or anything in life. It's just, you can change that. You just got to find it and you just have to change what you do. Callous your mind the other way. Like nothing is set in stone. You can literally go in and change anything about yourself. When hard stuff happens, you know, you, you can do you can do it better. You know, you, you, you can overcome it quicker. It just goes back to those little wins we were just talking about earlier. Start callousing your mind. Start doing harder. Start doing hard things. Right? Just start off with little wins and let those compound until you change who you are. Um well, I mean, on, on that note, I mean, something that um, occurred to me, we had 2020, right? Yeah. So it's a brand new year, brand yeah. new decade. Everyone yeah. made kind of a show about that, but for good reason. Yeah. You know, it's a cool it's a cool milestone. And if you leverage it the right way, it can be very powerful in your life Yeah. to have this new decade. And so what I noticed um, come New Year's, I was, I was thinking a lot about how to handle New Year's resolutions and goals and all kinds of stuff. And um, I wanted to do it in a more meaningful way than I normally do. And I realized that um, everyone's lists are action items. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's, again, better than not doing anything at all. But it's like, I will stop eating this. I will start eating this. I will start going to the gym. Yeah. I'll stop. To, you know, so it's a lot of do's and don'ts. Yeah. So it's all action item based and accomplishment based. Yeah. And then you kind of think if I accomplish and do all these things, the formula is X plus Y plus Z plus this plus that. Plus that. I add up all the list. Yeah. Equals I'm a better person. Yeah. I'm in a better spot. Mm-hmm. When in reality it is not that way. Yeah. You just you just did things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you didn't change your soul by just doing things. And so. The, I think that the higher principle to go about goal making in, in, a, in a situation like that is to say, okay, um, I'm going to set a goal on who I want to be by the end of 2020. Who do I want to be? What do I want people to say about me? What do I want? What characteristics do I want to embody? You know, what are areas that I know I lack and enough's enough. Yeah. Let's just attack the thing head on. And if you lead from there, right mm-hmm. then guess what you will accomplish all the things you're meant to and more yeah so when you lead from i want to be a better person and that will help me do these things it's just like th- th- this is the phrase that i came up with it's like people think that by accomplishing things you'll become a better person when in reality by becoming a better person you will accomplish everything and so you know, think about kind of really why do you do the things you do every day? Mm-hmm. Why, are you, why are you here right now, man? You came from San Diego. You're here in my house. We're doing this podcast. You're doing other ones. You know, why is it that you're doing it? And I, we've talked about it. It's great. You mm-hmm. know, you have a lot of integrity with it. You want to add value back to the space. It's done so much for you. Um, but still, there's more. Like, why are you doing it? Why are you doing these other things? All the things you're doing in your life. What's the meaning behind them? And is, is there some plan? Mm-hmm. Probably not, you know, for most people. And so it's like, well, what if I had an underlying plan behind all the things I do? Guess what? Yeah. You're not going to renegotiate those things. Yeah. You're going to do them. What I'm saying is, okay, I want to, I want to be more punctual, which for me actually is a tough thing. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of 2020, I want to be punctual. 
Mm-hmm. That's a characteristic. So now let's re let's let's reverse engineer it into my year. Yeah. So I have four quarters, mm-hmm. right? I have twelve months. However you want to do this, however many weeks, however many days. Okay, if I want that to be a thing, I need to be intentional and put it into my development. Yeah. Not just let it kind of figure itself out by the end of the year. That's never going to be anything. So I say, okay, first quarter, 2020, I'm going to do this thing and that thing. I'm going to set a timer for Facebook on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to have it shut off by this time or I only can access it from this time to this time during the day Mm -hmm. because that will help me be more punctual so I don't get distracted and get behind or waste time doing something else when I could be doing something else that makes me late to whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Whatever it is, program it into your year, into your quarters or whatever it is. And then when it, when, when it pops up and the Facebook timer says, Hey, you're out of time. You're going to think, I don't give crap. Give me, you know, ignore for the rest of the day. Or if you know there's a higher purpose behind why it's there in the first place is because you have a year goal of becoming punctual. And this is a, a piece of that. Yeah. Are you going to renegotiate? Maybe, but a lot less likely. Yeah. So anyways, focus on who you want to be and then reverse engineer the things you do to help you do that instead of just action item. And then hopefully, you know, the end result is a net positive and I'm a better person by the end of the year. That's so funny. Me, so me and my buddy, uh, Dan, we actually talked about this like right before the the year started, right? We're setting Mm -hmm. our goals. We approached it as the angle, dude, how cool would it be? And then just write your goals down. Like, how cool would it be if by the end of the year I accomplished this? And then you start thinking about, like, okay, what do I want to accomplish this year? How cool would it be, you know, for example, if, I don't know, for me it was, this, this, this is it. How cool would it be if I started a podcast, right? I had no plan with it. I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but... I was committed to that feeling like, okay, like, yeah, it's a podcast. I got some cool people on. We're giving back. We're, we're adding value back to the industry. And I was committed to that because I felt it, right? I felt how cool it would be. I'm like, dude, that would be so dope, right? So at, the, at this point, like when it all started to happen, I was like, I'm doing this. Like there, there is no renegotiating this. Like I'm doing this. I'm moving forward with it. And because I know when I set that goal, I, I kind of pictured myself, right, as that person. Hmm. Like, okay, how, how would I feel if, if I did do that podcast, right? How would I feel if, you know, I gave back value to the industry? I kind of meditated for a little bit, and I felt him like, that feels freaking dope. Reverse engineered it and just started going with it, you know? Whatever goal you may have, you know, just think about that. Right. Think about what it is you want to do. We talked about reverse engineering and just actually doing it, focusing on the actions rather than the end result. I love it. Um, It's very well said. And Rick, check this out. Your the things you want to do. um, There's a reason you want to do them. Yeah. So if you don't really know who you want to be, guys, be guided by the things you want to do. So yeah. if you're setting goals, why are you setting those goals? Mm-hmm. So you say, I want to create a podcast. Mm-hmm. What that really is saying is you want to contribute. Mm-hmm. You want to add value. You want to, you want to contribute. You want to be a contributor. Yeah. So if you know that's kind of like the deeper pull, the calling underneath this, right? Well, why don't you do other things then 
to become a contributor and feed into that same calling. So then you say, okay, not only just a podcast, just because podcasts, I want to add value and yada, yada. You say, oh, it's representative of a deeper calling to be a contributor. So for 2020, I want to be a contributor. So now reverse engineer outside of the podcast or maybe just go ham daddy on mm-hmm. the podcast and you know, you're super serious and you put goals in every month and everything because again, you drive up here, you're tired. You don't want to come over here last second. You're like, ah, I don't really want to do this podcast or I'm not going to squeeze it in, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, no, I want to be a contributor. Yeah. And this is a piece of that. So sometimes does it make sense what I'm saying? So yeah. sometimes guys, it's okay. There's more meaning in your goals that you set during, um, you know, New Year's resolutions. If you're if you're setting goal, there might be a, a deeper calling underneath it, and tap into that, and make more out of that. Anyways, just a thought. You know, guys, go back and listen to that and figure out how you can apply that with summer coming up. That's that, that's deep. right around the corner. Sneaks up every freaking year. Yeah, dude. It's gonna be here, and before you know it, you're gonna be scrambling, worried. And you're going to be renegotiating and you're going to think back, man, I should have done it. So. August, dude, August to December feels like, oh, my brother called me. I just screened him, screened him so hard just then. I'm sorry, Ben. Oh, on that note, my sister, Hannah, Hannah Bennington is an amazing person. Super dope. And we love her and uh, we thank her for her spirit and kind heart. She yep. wanted a shout out. So that's a shameless one. Um Dude, what was I saying? Oh, so so from from August to December feels like eight months. From January to the start of the summer feels like two. Yeah, um, which is crazy, you know. So it is. It sneaks up every every dang time, and we are there. Yeah, and everyone got a free spring break. If you go to BYU, yeah, pros and cons. You know, they don't have a spring break. You do this year. Yeah, you do. Thank the Rona. Coming in clutch, giving you that spring break after all. Coronavirus. Dude, what how how do you think that that'll affect the summer? I don't think anyone has any clue. First off. Yeah. It's all conjecture. Yeah. This is what I'll say. I think out of all the jobs to have door knocking is one of the better ones to have in a time like this. And I'll yeah. explain, cause a lot of you are going to say, well, no one's going to want to answer the door. And I mean, maybe, maybe some, yeah, that might be a thing. They mm-hmm. answer like even more through their doorbell than normal. Mm-hmm. The ring doorbell. Wait, how's it go? Dang it. Uh, anyways, it rings out over the neighborhood and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I think. It's one of the better jobs to have because right now you're having a lot of people, like if we get to Italy status and no one can literally go to work, no public space stuff is going on, no one's going to the mall, no one's going to um, work or go to restaurants, they're not participating in the economy. Mm -hmm. So the economy feels a big pinch Mm -hmm. because no money's flowing. Mm -hmm. If you're not letting anyone out to spend money, (laughs) then that sucks. And then on top of that, you're saying, hey, don't come to work. You don't make money either. So you're making people stay at home. Mm-hmm. So by the way, as a side note, there's going to be way more people chilling at home this summer than have ever been before. That's true. In our lifetime. So if you get sick of having 60, 65% of the doors you knock, no one's home, 
I would I would wager that number is going to change a little bit this summer. How yeah. much? I don't know. But there will be more people hanging out at home than there have been if this thing keeps rolling. Yeah. So there's that. That's a pro. I think that's a pro. Mm-hmm. Is it at least enough to counter to counter the people that wouldn't come to the door? Uh, probably. Maybe that's a wash. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but who, who 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 can say? But I'm saying this is one of the better jobs to have because if if your job is telling you don't come to work, stay home. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this isn't one of those jobs where we can still pay you. A lot, the majority of jobs do not have the luxury, unless they're tapping into their you know their paid time off, and then they use that all right now. But if they've already used it or don't have it then they're screwed that way. They yeah. have to stay home and not go to work or find something else to do for money. And so they're not getting paid. Yeah. And guess what? On top of that, these people, you're saying, hey, your kids can't go to school either. So let's say they are out working still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So someone's still at, at their job. They haven't been shut down. They're, they're making money. Mm-hmm. But you just told all their kids to go home. Well, you now have to pay for them to be to have a nanny. Mm-hmm. Or you have to pay for them to be in a daycare, mm-hmm. which if they're at a daycare, they might as well be at school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A daycare is even crazier. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, they're all just playing and moving around and kissing each other and just germ factory. So, yeah. um, you're damned if you do damned if you don't. Yeah. But all these kids that are not going to be at school, you know, they're, they're going to be at home and you're going to have, and a lot of people, if they're still working, are going to have to figure out how to pay to have their kids taken care of. Uh, have you thought about that? I don't think a lot of people thought about that. And if they aren't working and they're at home, well, okay, there's more people to to knock at home and stuff like that. But it, it anyways, I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I think overall, it's probably not going to move the needle that much. L- well, let's do two scenarios. One scenario, it keeps on rolling and even gets a little worse. I don't think it's going to move the needle that much. Mm-hmm. But this job is one of the best ones to have in that scenario because we're 1099. Mm-hmm. Company can't really tell us to stop. Yeah. Right. Unless, you know, I mean, they like shut down on the operation side and won't fulfill customers that we sign up. Yeah. But as far as going out and making sales, we can do it. Yeah. And we don't have to go to the mall. We don't have to have all these places where people need to pay us money. We go to them. Yeah. We go to their home and that doesn't change. In fact, there are more people home than there ever have been. It's true. So it's almost like virus proof in that way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more secure things to think you can do. Does that make sense? I don't know what. What are your thoughts on it? Because there are a lot of thoughts. Um, I think, I personally think it's all going to blow over sooner rather than later. So that's that's my that's my first thought on that. I mean, if it does get a little worse, then people will be home, right? Me and my, I mean, in my industry, I, I do solar, right? People are still going to be using electricity. People can't be, you know, going out. But I just go in, sign them up on a, you know, low rate PPA or, a, you know, a low, a low solar loan. They'll do it, right? Because they still have expenses, right? They still have to pay for electricity. They're home more, so they're going to be using power way more. So for me, I really don't see it as an issue, right? Hmm. Um, what I do see an issue is people make an excuse not to go out. Oh, for sure. No, that's 100%. I mean, I've already had, as we're sitting here talking, I've had two texts and I, I, um, that I've seen that say, hey, 
what is this coronavirus gonna how's it gonna affect the summer they popped up on my phone as we're sitting here yeah you know so it's something that um, I don't have to send a lot of texts about and, and a lot of people talk about look I'm not saying it's not a valid thing to ask about and to yeah. wonder and it could very real you know it could be a huge thing but yeah. I, you know I agree with you I think it'll blow over I think it'll get a little worse for sure before then it finally starts to come back and, yeah. and be okay um, but you're right there are people who are on the fence already probably yeah. and already have like fears about, Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm nervous. And, and then this comes up, they're like, ha, ah, Oh, I just, you know, I was going to come out. I was so fired up, man. Yeah. I was so stoked to come out, bro. <laughs> but the virus, yeah. you know, I just, I gotta, I gotta protect me, you know, otherwise I'd be out there, bro. I'd otherwise. be slinging, but I can't the virus, <laughs> the virus. So yeah, that, that will be a thing. That'll be a thing. But you know what? If if they're gonna if they're gonna um, not come out and they're like that's what they use, it's probably like a 70 percent chance that they weren't gonna be that great anyhow. Yeah. So maybe it's almost doing you a favor. Yeah. Because definitely. they weed themselves out before, yep. and the real committed people are still gonna be on board. You know, I mean, it's it's different if it like really blows the f up in yeah. these next six weeks. Um, then people are going to have like, even the most level-headed driven people might have some very real concerns. For instance, me, I have Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. So you've seen the charts. You know the people that die are mm-hmm. like 80 years and up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm immunocompromised. That literally means I'm essentially an 80-year-old. So for me, it's just going to like, I don't think this is going to take over the world and like be a real thing. I think it will just eventually slow down and be fine. But if it's not... And even if it, like, I worry about going around just because I actually am very susceptible to getting it. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually, I am freaked out. It wouldn't stop me from going out and selling. Yeah. And, you know, doing that because that's just one person at a time. And I carry hand sanitizer all the time in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I'll sell it to you for like $1,000 if you want it. Um, Just hit me up. Um, But anyways, (laughs) I'm a sanitizing dealer these days because I did stock up like, just because of me being yeah. immunocompromised, I have all this stuff. So again, yeah, I'll cut you a good deal. But anyways, so I still would go out and sell. Yeah. You know, but I feel like I have more reason than other people are, especially our age to yeah. actually have a real kind of concern with it. Yeah. But they'll weed themselves out. Yeah. It's definitely not, not as bad as, as that movie outbreak. Did uh, you, you end up watching that movie? <laughs> no, 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 I had no intention to watching that movie. Although when I, so he's referring to my Instagram, the Jake Bennington, it's super new Instagram, by the way, I'm still figuring out how to use it. I only started like four months, uh, five months ago. Anyways, I put on my story that I was looking at trending on Netflix and it's a bunch of whatever movies. And then there's one called, it's called Outbreak. Yeah. It's called Outbreak. It's called Outbreak. And it's like trending now. And like the, the picture of the movie is, uh, two guys like in hazmat suits and I'm like oh wow wow yeah I wonder why that's trending right now <laughs> and I'm like I'm into movies but I've never heard of this movie yeah you know and so I'm like wow this movie's getting its freaking date in the sun yeah because of this virus so I was just kind of laughing about it but I actually had a ton of people message me back and be like dude that movie's awesome the movie's amazing. And I was like, oh, freak. I need to. You did. Didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did too. I literally had like nine people defend this movie to me. And I was like, oh, freak. Well, shoot. I watch. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. My bad. 
But uh, no, I have not watched it. But I will. Does it have D- Dustin Hoffman's in it? I think he's in it. Uh, young. Oh gosh, what is it? Kevin Costner. Oh, you're right. No, it, no, uh, it's not Kevin Costner. No. It's uh, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Yep. Yeah. Spacey. Morgan Freeman. Um, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Cuba. A... Cuba Gooding Jr. What? Yeah, it's a super good cast. Okay, yeah, that cast is fire. So, <laughs> I renegotiate my opinion on it, and I will see it. You hear that? I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what I meant. You're not allowed to ever have like new opinions. <laughs> no, I'll watch oh, it. Oh man, outrage! It's about or not outrage? Outbreak. Outbreak. Sorry, <laughs> outbreak. It's on Netflix now, guys. Go check it out. Uh, we have a stake in the syndication right? so yeah. every time you watch it, you know we get a little rip. So thank you, thank yeah. you for your support. Especially everybody at BYU, you have a lot of free time, spring break. Everybody self quarantined themselves. Dude, it's so wild. Dude, in our lives, something like this has never happened. Never. I was talking to my wife on the way home from the doctor, and I was like, church is canceled? Yeah. Church, sports. Dude, you know what's actually bad? I don't know if this is, like, value for the podcast, but I'm huge into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I help coach Provo High. Like, I follow it religiously, and no one else does. I have, like, yeah. no one to talk to about it. It sucks. Don't be a fan of wrestling. It's so lonely. But um, the NCAA championships, yeah, six days away. Yeah. So you have like the finals for the NBAs and all this other stuff. It sucks that it's suspended, but mm-hmm. it could come back on and in time for finals and things. Mm-hmm. The NCAA's with wrestling. I mean, some of those guys are seniors. Like, there's a guy for Ohio State, OHIO. I'm a Buckeye. Um, who got his freshman year third place, and then I think third place. No, he then got fourth his second year. Colin Moore. Uh, then second place is junior year, and he's ranked first in every single poll this year. Yeah. And boom, six days away from becoming a national champion as his senior, gone. Yeah. That's crazy, man. So, yeah. like, the stuff that's going on is just, it is so nuts. You know, something that drives me crazy about it? I don't know. We're talking about this way too much about the virus, but it's a hot topic, man. Oh, Save. this podcast, you better put a <laughs> keyword in it for coronavirus because we're going to get lit up with views. <laughs> going to the top because of this one no is everyone i'm sorry if you were one of these people because i'm about to say that this annoyed the annoys the heck out of me right now everyone that's like oh my gosh what does having a virus have anything to do with toilet paper and hand sanitizer you guys are idiots yeah because a ton of people are saying that yeah it's driving me crazy because obviously and maybe now I'm going to sound like an idiot. We'll yeah. see. But to me, it's like, obviously, they don't think that toilet paper is going to fight off a virus. Mm-hmm. No one has said that. It's because to not get a virus, you need to chill at home. And to chill at home, you need to wipe your butt. Mm-hmm. And you need to keep your hands clean. So that's what people are doing. They're just trying to have stuff to have at home yeah. to be able to weather it and not have to go out very often. Yeah. So if you're one of those people, and maybe I'm wrong with what I just said, but it seems like pretty common sense to me. If you're one of those people that's tripping balls, and Ian Went, you're one of these people. I love you, brother, but I saw your post like a week ago. You said like verbatim what I just said. It's because they're going to be at home. Anyways, mm-hmm. anything else Rona related? No. We've gone off the rails, yeah. that's for sure. Everything is canceled 2020 because of Rona. 2020 is just canceled. Hashtag LeBron. Yeah, he said that in his Twitters. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. I, you, oh, you know what really sucks too is you have the Olympics. Oh, yeah. 
so for wrestling again, I'll, I'll touch on that. I don't the all the other Olympic qualifiers going on for every sport. Yeah, the Olympic qualifier for wrestling is like a week away, two weeks away, and that's every four years they get one shot. Yeah. So if they cancel that, that's insane. That sucks. That sucks. I feel for that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, we definitely got off the rails a little bit. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's bring it back to a little lighter side. Um, funniest moments while out on the doors. Oh, jeez. Funniest moments on the freaking doors. I'm like, I'm in the point, or I'm at the point where I feel like I have so many yeah. that I suddenly can't think of any specific one. But uh, you just, you know you have the most insane stories. I'll, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. Oh, this is about Landon Whitbeck. Did you ever meet him? He was mm-hmm. out in Jersey when you were in. Well, anyways, Landon Whitbeck, I love you. You're getting married tomorrow. Congratulations. Ooh, we're so happy congrats. for you. Congrats. Congrats. Oh, he was in Long Island this year, by the way. Anyways, my boy, Landon Whitbeck, we're out in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Oh, he might hate that I'm going to tell this, actually. It's too late now, though. Too late. It's way too late. Landon, I'm suddenly really sorry, and I've realized the impact of this, and I apologize. Maybe I'll never tell you this happened and not even tell you about the podcast and then we'll just get to you in a weird way from someone else. But uh, we're in Cleveland selling and in my car group that day or week or whatever, I had my brother, (laughs) the story rocks, my brother and Landon. My brother was sitting in the passenger seat, Landon in the back. Mm -hmm. It was my car. And so the the big benefit of you having the car is you can, you know, go back to your car and pee if you need to. Mm Because I'm not, I'm not about, there's so many people that find a way to pee like everywhere outside mm-hmm. i'll go march into the woods no problem mm-hmm. but people are like squatting by benches and being like insane you know and finding a way to position everything just perfectly to be in broad daylight in the middle of a neighborhood peeing i'm not that guy no. okay so anyways on the way out to area Landon drinks a red bull i think everyone already knows the end of this story <laughs> do i even need to tell it i will so he he has this Red Bull. He kills it on the way out, and it's in the, the back door of um, the back seat. They all go out and sell. I drop them off, and then, and then I have to pee in the middle of the day. I was out of bottles. Okay? Mm-hmm. I was out of bottles. And so I go into the car, go in the back seat, and looking around, and I'm, like, about to pop off. Like, I'm, I have to pee so bad. Because you saw earlier, yeah. when I have to pee, it's it's zero to 100. Yeah, real quick. Real quick, real quick. So I'm in the back seat looking around, nothing. And then I see this Red Bull can. And I felt like Dwight in the back of Michael and, and John, or uh, Jim, as they're in the office, anybody, mm-hmm. when he like almost snips the top of his. <laughs> anyway, so that's me. I'm like panicking in the back. I find the Red Bull. I pull it over. And I feel this, I feel this puppy almost all the way up, probably like three-fourths. And I'm like, oh, and so then I put it back into the door mm-hmm. and I'm, I make a middle note, throw that away. Yeah. Yada, yada. Make, you remember that's there. Blah. Okay. Go through the whole day. I totally forget. Obviously we, I pick them all up and we drive all the way back to North Royalton where we were staying and he hadn't touched it or seen it this whole time. Landon's still in the back seat. We pull into our parking spot. I get out. I close my door. I'm walking away from the car. The back door opens, and I hear Landon say, <laughs> Landon, I'm sorry, man. And I'm sorry that this is, like, recorded in, like, really good quality for now it's eternal. 
Um, but the door opens and I hear him go, Oh, I thought I finished all this. And then I hear like a motion and like, it all happens in slow motion. And I said, I'm like, huh? Oh no. You know, I remember. So I, I flip around and like, and he's already like, so he takes the biggest swig of my urine. And does the classic spew. He's like, and just shoots it out. He's like, what is that? And I run over and I can't get a word out. Like tears are already just running down my face. And I'm like holding on to the side of the door, like squatting, just laughing so hard. He's like, was that your piss? And I was like, yes, yes, I'm sorry. He's like, why did you, how did you? The, The opening's like this big. I was like, very carefully. And he just is losing it and I cannot stop laughing. So anyways, that's that's one story. Probably not what you were expecting. Oh You're probably gosh. like, oh, I'm on the doors and someone no, did something no, hilarious. That's and, funny. But those are the typical stories. I thought I'd throw that one out there. And, yeah. Whoever whoever finds a place to pee in the neighborhoods, you guys are wild. Yeah, y'all wild. Yeah. That that's a different level of brazen that is it's not impressive anymore. It's kind of scary. Yeah. When you're that person, you can do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's it's bad. The one time I tried to do it, it, it horrendous. Um, <laughs> it was actually out in Long Island. Um, yes. And uh, I can't remember what city we're in, but dude, I just got to pee so bad. And this is the first time I've, I'm ever telling anybody else about this besides oh for the, real besides the person let's who, go who, besides the person who who uh, picked me up after yes um so I'm running and I remember there was like an abandoned house in in that hood I'm like two blocks away I'm like ready to explode I'm walking and I'm speed walking then I start running and I I didn't make it <laughs> literally peed my pants. Yes. At 3 p.m. And I'm like, oh, oh so much time left. There is so much time left. And I'm like, who do I call? Like, I can't call anybody. Like, I can't, I can't call like. Um, oh, so you. So this is someone I know then. This is someone you know. Yeah. You remember okay. Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I hope you're out there killing life, buddy. We miss you. That is awesome. You lucked out. That's kind of like who you want to pick yeah, you up. Yeah, exactly. It's not like I can call like the Bakers or like the Durkins. Or, like, or, like, They'll never Johnson. let you live it down. No one. Yeah. Yeah, Leo never should Yeah, pick you up. You're never here in the end of it. Oh, yeah, man. Stefan, if, if you ever listen to this, thank you, bud. I, I appreciate you. <laughs> was, he, was he pretty chill about it? Yeah, well, he laughed so hard. Because, dude, it was like a... <laughs> Big old like you, I I pissed my pants like once once I started like I didn't stop. <laughs> oh, I'm spitting on everything right now. It's so gross. Coronavirus. Um, dude, that is hilarious. Uh so so yeah. What did you do? Did you go buy shorts? Did you call it a day? Dude, so I I called Steph and my dude. Um, I I need your help. He's like, dude, what you do? Crap yourself? I'm like, no, almost though. I just peed myself. <laughs> he just started it's laughing. A grown a man. Dude, he's just laughing. He comes, picks me up. He takes pictures of like, <laughs> and I was I was wearing khaki shorts, so oh, it's not like you can't that, see. It. That takes forever to dry too. Yeah, dude, it was bad. I'm like, I'm I'm boned. Like, it's not like I can go back out and work. It's not like it was raining that day. It was like I'm screwed. This <laughs> so you could just go like jump in a puddle or a pool and just like say you fell and then like it's all wet. But yeah, it's, 
it's, you can't do that, man. No. I, I tried. I thought of it. I'm like, okay. That, that was like my last resort was calling somebody come pick me up. <laughs> Stephen, yes. And so, uh, wow, picks, that's He picks great. me up. We go back to the apartment. I, I, I shower real quick. I change, and we just go back out and sell. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was a comp day, too. Ooh, well, that's probably why you went back out. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> more yeah. more than anything. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. If that's I, a non-comp day, you're probably like, all right, I'm calling it. Yep, yeah, I'm renegotiating my day <laughs> for real. See, that's a perfect example. It's a perfect example. Oh gosh, people be impressed. You're like, they're like, oh, you okay? You're like, yeah. Like the bugs are bad. Yeah, I peed myself. Yeah, but I need to be here because they're that bad. They're bad. They're bad. Um, well, okay. I'll meet you halfway on this and I'll confess that every year that I've knocked or I've knocked like a full summer, like been mm-hmm. out there the whole time. Cause now I just kind of go out and train and travel and stuff, but I have peed my pants at least once every single year. It happens. And if in my very first year were khakis, that's why I knew I was in a weird neighborhood that just like the whole, everything was gated Yeah. in the neighborhood. So like, I'm trying to say like, the gate was at, at the sidewalk oh. all the way around. It was weird. So like everyone had their own gate, but all the way at the end of their property in the whole neighborhood. It was like one long gate thing inside oh, very, the neighborhood. Very private. Very annoying because then when I had to pee, I had I had wandered like deep into this neighborhood. Oh gosh, that's So I was worst. at like the very deepest part and I had to pee. Yeah. And I had no house. No, I couldn't even go between a side yard. It was in the woodlands in Houston, by the way, guys. So there are trees everywhere, but I could not access them because of the gates. Yeah. So I'm trying to eventually I realize my fate is sealed. And so I, I try to take off towards the, I'm like sprinting through the neighborhood towards the front of the neighborhood and I don't make it. And so I, I go over and I just squat down and I just freaking fountain hose my own shorts and khakis, dude. They're stingy. They'll hold on. Yeah. They're stubborn. They'll hold on. And, and it looks, it, it looked like that till like midnight. You know, it just doesn't dry, especially in Houston where it's humid as crap. Wait, so you stayed out. You didn't go back. No. Oh gosh. No, I didn't. What I ended up doing was, um, we just went to lunch early. My friend yeah. James Thompson, who's a police officer out here now. Shout out. Thank you. Um, we appreciate your service, James. Yep. He, um, and I appreciated your service <clears throat> that day because he showed up and he was the last person I wanted to show up, like that you want to show up in a situation like that. Yeah. Like endless laughing, like an hour later and he's still getting legs out of it, you know? And I'm like, dude, okay, you know, enough. And he just wasn't. So we went to lunch early Yeah. and I literally bought like two water bottles and just dumped them all over my shorts. So it was all wet. And I went out and sold in my pee shorts. Why don't you just get new shorts? Uh... Dude, I w- my first year, I was so intense uh-huh. where I was like, no, that would add another 10 minutes. I'm not doing it. I was like Fair way enough. intense. Okay. So, um, anyways, my, my little cat. I still have those. Why? It doesn't matter. We've talked enough about this. <laughs> um, we both pee our pants as grown men, and uh, we hope that you still have respect and think that everything we say is credible, even though we pee our pants. Yep. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Oh shoot! <laughs> I've never crapped myself. Um, never done that. I mean, I've heard plenty of stories, but yeah. I'm, and with Crohn's, I'm very lucky that that has not happened. But it has not happened so far. Oh, that's good. Knock on wood. Or is it a rite of passage? Is it? I think it is. I think pa- past my mission, I haven't done it. 
Ooh. You know, we should post on Door to Door Tribe a poll or something that says, like, what are all the rites of passage of Door to Door? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and give some examples, like peeing yourself, <laughs> crapping your pants, getting arrested, getting a ticket, getting kicked out of a neighborhood, uh, getting hit on, getting threatened with, you know, like a candlestick, a gun, uh, everything from the game Clue. Uh, I don't know. That's like, yeah, some good stuff like that. We should do a post. Okay. I just wrote that down. So you probably heard my, my clicking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am a loud typer. <laughs> Powerful. That's, that's intention, man. Yeah. You talk with intention. I respect that. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, do you have right. big goals for this summer? Sorry? Do you have big goals for this summer? Yeah. So, oh, announcement. I'm actually going out this summer. Did you not go out last summer? No, I didn't go out last summer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I, I went back to solar and I just did solar. So yeah. last year. Just kind of like here and there and stuff or. No, I was so. So I had gone out to Australia. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I've never <laughs> even talked to you about it. You just. You're like, never mind Australia for like a year. I so like, I bought a one way ticket for like 180 bucks. What? And I was like, all right, deuces, guys, I'm out. Yeah. And was out there for four months. It was like four or five months. And just money started slowing up. I'm like, all right, I think it's time to go back home. Four months? Yeah. Just spend all your money. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> That's why I came home, folks. No, yep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yep. <laughs> I went way too deep into my savings. So where where are you going this summer? Do you know already? Orange or? County. Oh, nah. Yeah. No way. Good old Kirby. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Wait, you know Kirby? Yeah. How do you know Kirby? Uh, he was on Lo- Long Island West. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, you'll be there. Kyle will be down there. Yeah. I'll be down there. I'll, I'll, yeah, we should link up, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's sweet. Oh, dude, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to be like with Kirby? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. See. So, guys, I am <laughs> well, doing a summer with Aptive out in Orange County. Should Dang, dude. Yeah, that's great. That like gets me fired up. I'll for sure see you then. Is that like how you wanted to announce this? No, but <laughs> let's let's do it anyway. <laughs> dude, okay. I, I have I have no plans. Just don't release this till like May first. This I podcast. I don't care. Yeah, I know. I don't even know why you it matters, but um, with the amount of stuff that I post on my page, I just don't care anymore. Dude, that's that's cool. That's I'll get you fired up. Um, honestly, guys, any company. Some some are outfitted better than others to help you succeed and stuff yeah. like that. And um, but you know, look, we both understand you can be tremendously successful where you're at, and yes. I don't even know where that is. You have what it takes to to make success, unless there's a company that literally is like has none of its crap in place for you to yeah. succeed. Like you need to you need to get out of that situation yeah. so you don't spin your wheels forever. But pretty much all the companies out there, most of them are set up pretty well to help you yeah. succeed if you're willing to do what it what it takes, whether it's Aptive or Vivint or some solar company or, you know, a million. Yeah. The summer's about you. That's, you touch on it, as long as you're willing. Because I, guys, this, this is what it comes down to. There's good and there's bad in every company. Doesn't matter. Yep, doesn't there, matter. There's always going to be bad, yep. right? But you can't focus and fixate everything on just the bad that happens. Because if, if, if that's what you do, you're going to have a bad experience. And if you have that bad experience, you're going to live with that for the rest of your life. And you're going to say summer sales sucks. Mm-hmm. It didn't suck. It sucked because you sucked. Just take ownership 
of your summer, guys, that it's about to be here. Take ownership. Don't don't get in the habit of saying this area sucks. My team leader is is why I'm not succeeding. You know, X, Y, and Z. As long as your company has like pretty much most of the things in place, don't don't make an excuse. Yeah, guys, take ownership. Nothing should or no one should get in the way of you succeeding. True. Do we finish on that? That was yeah, like might might drop. I, that might I, that might be a little bow. We yeah. just tied on that. All right, guys, you heard it here. A non-denominational <laughs> plug. There you go. A non-denominational plug. I like that, guys. Thank you for listening. I know it was a long one. Go back and take notes because there's a lot of stuff that we touched on today that you can learn from. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and and reach out to both of us. We're. I mean. You guys, ever since I joined Door to Door Experts and I had a little bit more visibility, I guess. Yeah. Um, people been and I did that podcast with Sam. Um, people have been really nice. You guys yeah. have reached out, and you know I've always tried to say whatever back and engage with you, and, and obviously the same with Rick and no soliciting, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, reach out all summer. We're here for you guys, and just trying to make this Door to Door space more with more harmony. Yep. Oh, one last question. Mm. What is your go-to song while while you're out on the doors? My go-to what? Your go-to song. My go-to song. I mean, honestly, like the one I listen to on the way out to area or whatever, because I don't listen to anything like when I'm out selling, obviously. The only time I'm listening to music is in the car, either on the way out or at lunch. But at lunch, I don't listen to music. Mm -hmm. I watch stupid YouTube videos that make me laugh. Yeah. On the way out to area, honestly, what gets me the most fired up is death metal. So I love indie music. I love a lot of, you know, other stuff, but what just gets my blood flowing Mm -hmm. is death metal. And there's actually one specific song that my senior year of high school, I'd listened to before every wrestling match. And it's by a band called under oath Mm -hmm. and uh, throwback. And they have a song called in regards to myself. Ooh, guys, uh, if you don't like screaming, like it's fine. Just listen to the first like 20 seconds because the riffs, are so sick this thing will get you fired up like you may want to commit homicide on accident it gets you a little too fired up but yeah. i mean that's why i listen to it before wrestling because i want to go rip people's heads off but um in regards to myself by under oath on the way out to area dope people are going to judge me now they listen to that i love it that's fine dude. Dude, I, <laughs> my 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 genre of music goes from i'm listening to garth brooks one song and then i got like uh what's that the devil wars prada like there you go. Oh that, wow, yeah. So it okay. like I go country. like back to back. Yeah, dude. Like it, how like, do you do that? How do you match that energy? Like, dude. It so I I just put all my music on on shuffle. Like it so one so 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 one song could be country. The next song could be like some heavy death metal, and then it goes into like some Spanish song. What and then the into, freak, dude? I'm very diverse with my music. I need like a theme. I need to like ride a. Oh, today I'm getting hyped. I'm gonna listen to all these songs that get me hyped. Dude, that's like playing Russian roulette with your emotions. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Well, just depend. For me, the one song that does it is uh, "New Noise" by a Refused. Oh, I haven't heard that. It's it's pretty good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It comes out on Friday Night Lights. Hang on. I'm just realizing. You said you asked me before about my song. Yeah. You're gonna play the one I just said. At yeah. The-, <laughs> <laughs> the first the first twenty seconds. Wow. Yes. Okay. Uh. Wow. Okay, that will be an interrupt because because we got way loose here at the end. Yeah, we did. Uh, which I think is a good thing. Um, but in the beginning, people are going to be like, "What?" Because the energies are going to be way off. You're going to yeah. listen to that song, and then we're going to start talking, and it's like pretty tight and, and uh, 
content driven. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Well, hopefully you like made it this far and they're like, what the heck is this? And then like shut it off. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We extended another five, 10 minutes. <laughs> Thank you guys. We love you. Good luck. Go throw down and make no excuses. You got it. Dope.